Hi everybody and welcome back to the Agility Rose Talk and Train podcast. So this week's episode is the second part to the puppies and agility talk I had with Lucy Norton. You also know her as Lucy Osborne and I want to say thank you Lucy for all your expertise and wisdom. It was great fun recording both parts to the um, puppy and agility theme and I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you, Lucy, for coming back and um, joining us to answer some more questions about puppies and agility. I really appreciate your time. And we had lots of positive feedback from um, all the questions that were answered previously. Um, So the first question we'll go straight into with with puppies and agility is how much exposure to shows um, should puppies have at what ages growing up? Then what indoor and what outdoor exposure would you kind of recommend? And is there a too young or too old kind of aspect when it comes to exposure with obviously show environments? Cool. Okay. Um, I think, again, it's it's hard, that that massive thing, like what, um, you know, how, how your dog is. Yeah. We spoke in the last um, session about, you know, like, for example, I said that Marvel was quite... Um, strong with her eyes so she really likes chasing really likes anything that moves it sends her a little bit crazy um so yeah like it like it, it depends on the dog if if they are similar to that then I would probably make sure that we have the control a little bit of control and focus games we've played them they kind of understand them and we've done it in them environments where like a trade your normal club training where it's not as like wild as a show yeah um yeah i do i'd have done um your weekly classes first and seen how they cope in that so um yeah i kind of always think introduce them small and then like increase it um so like the way i would go would be like i know for example marvel's really really brave she's really quite confident and not much phases her but um i know if i went to a show with her say she was 16 weeks old I know if I went to a show with her right now she would be like wow this is insane and go crazy (laughs) I would yeah I wouldn't be choosing a show right now and especially not an indoor show because everything echoes um so yeah um it just depends on where you are I mean it's great when you've got a puppy and it's summer because you you can do little parts of the show exposure so you can do rings from a distance um you can like do the car park even so you've got like kind of different levels you can set yeah. yourself at. Um, whereas when it's winter and you go around shows, it is just like crazy. So you've got to have <laughs> quite a, um, definitely not an eye strong dog, I think, for winter shows. Um, but I, I also think it's just like reading your puppy. And like we, yeah. you know, we are, they go through them little th- uh, fear periods as well. So I kind of think, um, and I guess that's one reason why I try and socialise my puppies um before like they finish the inoculation period is more that I'm sensible about where I take them but then equally like they have more chances and more time to become acclimatized to these random noises different sounds before they start to hit that period fear fear period so then when we get to that fear period they're not um seeing these things for the first time yeah yeah so they've already built a confidence with these really like random odd things they've really started to like realize actually things are okay we can get over things quite quickly so then when they hit this fear period it's not all new things 
straight at the same time. Um, but then also just, you know, be mindful of fear periods. Look out for yeah. fear periods. If they start to just become, you know, we always say like a little bit wussy. I would try and like, rather than say that, I would try and say like they are just being a little bit more fearful. Um, mm-hmm. Remembering that they're being a little bit more fearful and not pushing them into them situations. If they were okay and they're hitting a fear period, like just try and remember they were okay with it, but pushing them through it, you know, it will go one way or the other. And I would rather like it not go the bad way. Yeah. And just not yeah. push them through it. And then when they're a little bit mentally like stronger and they've come out of that little like fear period, um, if you've not pushed them through it, they've not built up more of a fear o- over it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'd go. And I kind of think the same then goes back to the show situation is just, you know, just be sensible with with your dog if you think they're a little bit fearful don't push them into the situation um we kind of we want them to be bomb proof around shows so yes you know i guess we've got a long time to be around shows hopefully um so it's like the the hare and tortoise the tortoise just like you there's not a massive race to get your dog around there or get around there and every dog is different i guess yeah exactly and and that quite quite nicely leads on to the next question if you if there's anything else you want to add to this one but um the next one was looking at tips for a spaniel puppy who's in a bit of a confidence crisis so i felt this one personally (laughs) um but i I don't know if there's anything you want to add for that one as well yeah so i guess again it goes for like what is a what is a crisis so if if it is Mm -hmm. crisis in just like um the environment then it's it's little exposures and i think that's the key thing as i think we always in agility we kind of want to get to the end goal quite quickly and yeah. and I think the hardest thing the hardest thing is social media actually I oh, think gotcha. <laughs> the hardest thing is social media because we um we follow everybody's journeys because we're like we love to follow everybody's journey see how everybody's doing but that like we just have to hold on to like not everybody's journey is your journey yes um, yeah and you know some people get easy dogs you know we all hope to get that easy dog and then, like, you see on, like, Facebook and Instagram, everybody's easy journey. And you're mm. like, why Why is this not happening with me? What am I doing wrong? You know, like, you're yeah. probably not doing anything wrong. You've probably just got a normal dog. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and that's the person you're following has probably just got a super cool dog who is, like, really, like, eager to learn, picks things up, you know, really quickly. Um and, and it's hard you know you look at you like for example I could like we go back to the whole like figure thing like mm. I could look at the dogs like she was born at the same time as Dan's boffin you know we mm-hmm. trained together as puppies and he's in grade seven winning tickets and figures not but they're completely different they've got ple- like completely different mindsets like late learning um, mental confidence and it, I think if you you hold on to things, it just makes things worse. And I think then you put pressure on them without even feeling like you're putting pressure on them. Things yeah. then like then it ruins your relationship because you're getting like narky because you're wondering why aren't you like this and that one's like that. So mm. it's just like try and try and stay on your own journey. And I will always say like video things because do you know what? Even if it was a crap session, you feel it was crap. Video it because even if it was like a crap session, like you can come back to it in like four or five months and you will have totally forgot about that crap session. Oh but yeah. <laughs> you look back and you're like, oh my God, like I've actually come really far. 
and you forget yeah, definitely you forget how far you've come so I think that's also another thing is just just remember your own journey so mm. uh, um and don't always delete what you think's bad because actually that's a reminder of how far you've come yeah yeah oh 100 yeah little little stages everything if it if it is fearful like don't force things just break things break the stages down like look at the stage and break it down um and and teach your dog it yeah so um just make them stages like five stages in try instead of like expecting it in in maybe two yeah yeah 100 percent. and i really liked how you touched on obviously each dog each dog's got their own journey um because as you say it's so easy to compare with what what other dogs are at that same age level and um and it's very easy to sort of feel like maybe feel behind or feel like your your puppy's not doing what you know you would want it to be doing and expect it to be doing I know I had a little similar kind of um similar feelings with both Rain and Friday really and Rogue to some degree um and it's so easy to kind of compare yourself all the time so I think that's a really good message to to um pass on as well yeah definitely definitely (laughs) um so the next one's a bit of a funny funny question (laughs) and um I I think this is because I've got so many but how many is too many young dogs at one time (laughs) (laughs) so this this is actually quite a funny question because it's actually something I've been talking about um today with somebody um so um, so basically, I think uh, it all depends on time. Yeah. Because, like, if you're if your puppy, it's a bit different if they're pets because we can have a relationship with, or start your relationship with your pet and yeah, and you can have like two pets at the same time and enjoy that and that's fine. But when it comes to learning, there's so much we do with like gotcha. our agility puppies that you would probably not necessarily need to do so much of with your like your pet puppy yeah Um, just like the whole acclimatization to like random sounds different movements all that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um we do so much more of so I've I've had a puppy I'm fling I had fling and then a year later I got hike Mm -hmm. um it's hard work and that was a year they're a year (laughs) apart um and it was hard work so I would you know, I just think if it, it's my job, and <laughs> I find that hard work. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think leave realistically. I would like to. I like to leave myself like time for at least for the the puppy that I've got to have kind of found their feet in agility. And yes, and this yeah. is why I always say, like in the last one, that like my main concern about Marvel was is that Prime's only just started competing. We've not started mm-hmm. doing. Well, we started doing agility classes, but he's not got his dog walk in the ring yet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it feels too soon, but it was a perfect mating at yeah. kind of the wrong time. But it's like, <laughs> you know, it, it's not, she's, they're not, too, it's not too far off. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's how, how much you can balance your time with each puppy. And the other thing I like to do as well is I actually like to spend a lot of time with my puppy. And I kind of think, God, if I had, two puppies right now the amount of time that I'm spending with Marvel yeah like my other dogs take a little bit of a dip as well and if mm-hmm. I had two of them puppies and then dividing my other time between my other dogs it's it's I don't kind of want to get my other dogs back up and I kind of wrote a note from the last one that I thought oh it's probably something good to mention is mm-hmm. um 
is actually that we said about multi-dog households. Yes. It's like, if if we were, like, a group of people together um, mm-hmm. and, like, you've got a new person, a new housemate, and the new housemate gets all the attention, <laughs> you know, you're going to start getting, like, a bit peeved off with this. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and like, so I kind of want to still keep healthy relationships with all my dogs for me, with me, and be equally like, I want the healthy relationship to balance in to the puppy as well. So I kind yeah. of think, although I'm spending a lot of this time with this puppy, I still need to keep my healthy relationships with my other dogs, which equals time. So it's, it all goes again down to the individual how much, yeah, got to, to, to continue these healthy relationships with not only your puppy and teach them all these new things and explore all these new things, but also like keep your other dogs um, relationships healthy because if they're just getting less time, but yet spending more time with each other is, are there then going to be like frictions between the household? Mm. So it's like just managing the time is really important. And I think probably that's maybe underestimated when, because yeah, we all love the puppy and they're all cute oh, gotcha. <laughs> but that it's like the whole managing what what that impact of the puppy has to the household time and and your relationship wise as well so I like personally I think I I would have one puppy at once um, and yeah. if anyone manages two puppies at once and um and finds it easy brilliant you're a freaking amazing <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna say the amazing. same thing <laughs> I mean I don't know if you're like me but even like like I say obviously we've, we've both got lots of experience of having puppies um and even after like having them I've obviously had quite quite a few continuously in the last few years um but I just find them so exhausting because oh, yeah. you put that much into them, don't you? And yeah. honestly, I can't wait for them to just be an adult again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely. I literally came home today and I was like, I taught. Um, I got to um, took Brody to school and then went straight to work. Finished work, walked my dogs, took um, Marvel to a new place that she hadn't been, so that she could yeah. meet some new people, new noises, new experiences. Got home and I'm like right brilliant tea like do stuff like do a little bit yeah. of like shaping with the other dogs and I'm like Jesus I've had no dogs <laughs> um so yeah I kind of think it's you know and Marvel at the moment is just like you know they they have their settling in period and I yeah. think then they have their wow period and we've hit the wild period oh um, <laughs> so yeah she's she's found her voice um mm-hmm. she likes to do something all the time and really protest yeah. now against settling so um I am if the rustling you can hear is uh, <laughs> me getting treats um and I did wonder her, <laughs> and scatter feeding her so that she um is one try it's it's a bit lazy but um <laughs> otherwise she'd be protesting in the back room um at not doing something but at least with um, me hiding treats around the room she's using the nose because having to think and look and smell so like little uh, little games like that I always love because it's kind of like she actually has to use her nose and actually smell and look rather than just charging around like an idiot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything to keep the puppy's brains occupied uh, I salute you obviously because multitasking with a puppy is so hard <laughs> it <laughs> is it's to try hard. And- 
<laughs> she's she's quite good. Once she's once she's onto something, she's like um, yeah. when she's occupied with something, she's all right. Um, but it's when she finds something else, <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> finds a job for herself to do. <laughs> um, brilliant. So the next question, which I thought was a really interesting one, actually, was should a two slash three year old dog who has never seen agility or been raised as a pet um, and not an agility dog be introduced to everything in agility in the same way or the same order as a puppy's as a puppy would have? Or would you do anything different with an older dog? Okay, cool. This is it, yeah, it's quite a cool question because um and like obviously the the foundation stuff, so like I obviously teach wings first yeah. without poles, all that I would do because like, that's all it's um although like it's foundation, it's more mm-hmm. about commitment and obviously for the dog doesn't know what yeah. you're doing, wings um are a lot e what it's just one thing for the dog to focus, whereas if we just add jumps in straight away, it's gotta think about not only the commitment it's got to think about jumping the collection yeah. the turn. there's a lot at once so um I would still yeah do wings first I would train all the foundation stuff as you would a puppy and I think the the beauty of having a dog that's two to three years old starting agility is that when we like depending on the puppy when you start your puppy training with your puppy it's mm-hmm. You do all the wing stuff. If they learn, if a puppy learns really quickly, like you can end up doing too much too soon. Yes. Um, whereas yeah. when they're a little bit older, at least they're fully grown. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about the growth plates. You don't have to worry about any of that sort of stuff. Whereas I think with a puppy, it's so easy to do too much too soon. Yeah. Whereas you don't have that worry with the two to three year old dog, which that's the bonus obviously yeah. the, bonus, the other thing is you know depending on their background two to three year old dog has it done much shaping so like yeah they're probably a little bit slower I'm not saying it's like a whole thing but maybe a bit a little bit slower to learn things mm-hmm. um because they've probably not had that shaping upbringing um, yeah I'm saying maybe if it's a rescue um yeah. however that's individual for the dog but then the plus with the adult is that where at the point where you're starting to get carried away with your puppy it doesn't really matter so much with a two to three year old dog because you can start doing your jumping stuff <laughs> so once they've started in their um like they, they've got good commitment they're starting to understand like loose turns or yeah. loose like uh, one jump exercises you can start like actually increasing the jump height and I think the the downside to puppies is we get to that point and we end up like doing loads on like small or medium oh, yeah. and then they're jumping like flyball dogs and end up jumping too flat and then we have pole issues whereas yeah. at least and I think this is um being good for prime because I didn't start doing anything with prime because he had an injury so he started training at 14 and a half months oh really yeah I didn't yeah know that. so yeah he he had a shoulder injury so he um he, we didn't start train. We started training, and he basically went lame once. And I was like, "Oh, this this, this doesn't look like a lameness. This looks like something else." Um. So um. Yeah, he had surgery when he was seven months on one shoulder, and then went back in for the mm-hmm. second. So, um, completely fine now. But oh, few. uh, yeah, few. Um, <laughs> but completely fine now. But it meant that like he didn't do much as a puppy actually um was really good for him because yeah he's a big dog anyway so I would have only been like 
wanting to do things because social media is telling me I should be doing something yes. with him <laughs> so, exactly like, yeah you know, it's, do you know what I mean like every like people that had bitches at the same time or smaller dogs that were more in like weren't as tall mm-hmm. they they were doing stuff but actually he wasn't because he was on rest um yeah but that was good for me because he needed that time like I shouldn't in my opinion of looking at him he's got a beautiful structure um but he's 56 centimeters tall so he's a big boy he's huge (laughs) um and it took a long time for him to find his legs so if I started doing stuff with him younger he'd have probably ended up injuring himself because he does he didn't know where his limbs were um so I think yeah I think the thing is Two to three-year-old dogs are easier in the fact that you can just crack on with stuff. You can crack on with jumping. But I would still do all the foundation stuff exactly the same. Yeah, definitely. And as you say, I think we touched on it again in the first in the first part. Um, there's, there's no kind of um, getting away with leaving your foundations because they're so important when you, when you want to progress onto the yeah. you know, more complicated stuff. So really kind of... Um, figuring out those foundations and building them to be quite solid is, is so beneficial isn't it oh yeah um, but the next question which um is quite an interesting one again is are puppies easier to train if they're from agility lines so I know you've had a couple of puppies from different kind of lines some from working lines some from agility and um, some from show show lines as well so um if there's anything you want to kind of okay. say about this subject um like you always get your one, like your like dog that rocks up to training that you're like, Jesus, that's incredible. Um, <laughs> and they're not necessarily from um, agility lines or, yeah. or even from people who've done agility before. Like, yeah. and usually it usually is like I tend to find it's the people that like it's their first agility dog. And you're like, wow, you've been gifted an amazing dog. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And they're like, oh, it's just from the farm down the road. <laughs> um, oh, do you know who his parents are? I think it's a collie or um so yeah and I don't know I, I think the thing is obviously we've got um breeders that are, like breed more um so there's more frequency in their in in their kennel names about yeah um so you're going to see that kennel name about like yeah. if you look at uh like amount of puppies that have been sired by a breeder then yes. you're probably gonna you're going to see that. I mean, I always think um, if you go by your, like the percentage of puppies and then, and then look at what the puppies have done. So like, I like obviously Mandy um, where mm-hmm. uh, Marvel's from has, you know, I think pretty much every litter she's bred, there's been at least one or two of them have been a champion of something. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what and I mean? Like she's, she, she's yeah. never, like Mandy knows what she's doing. Like she's never bred a bad litter. I don't think. I thought I said this uh, yeah, yeah. and I wasn't just trying to be <laughs> trying to be nice because I, I wanted a puppy. I, I can't think of a puppy that she or even a litter that she's bred where like there's kind of been even one that's even not even wanted to do anything. So yeah. She yeah, I think um like Mandy invests a lot of time into knowing lines, knowing dogs, and she does a lot of research. So I think it's yes, you are gonna see them but equally it's like you know she's they've also been with with people who are very good dog trainers 
yes. which makes a difference. So yeah, um, it's it's also I think especially going just if you I'm sticking on like let even go collie and spaniel lines. Um, yeah, but like collie lines is there's like for prime like I looked at prime because. I liked what his dad and his granddad were siring. Yeah. So I I looked at them lines because I liked like their movement, the confirmation, um, and I liked that about them. He's not from a an agility bred line. I looked, but I looked for his pedigree because I knew they had a stamp. Like, yeah, there's a certain stamp that I like, and especially with my bo- the boys, I like big strong powerful collies um, yeah that's my preference in male board collies um so and that is prime like he's a big powerful strong boy um <laughs> to a t definitely yeah definitely <laughs> um, so I think it's you like I didn't go to a certain breeder but a lot of people that breed um agility dogs have used that lineage in their lives yeah. um so yeah I think um, that's what I really liked about Prime um, and them lines. So it's it's about looking for what you want, and that you you don't necessarily need to go to the top breeders, but you can yeah, research. Exactly. Just I all I do, all I ever do is look at dogs that I like, follow yeah. them, and then I look at the parents, and then I look at their grandparents, and then I also then try and see what their, you know, what their parents, brothers and sisters have produced because if there's a good chance that they have been used at some point at least one mm-hmm. of the siblings will have probably been used especially like if they are in agility um, yes you can yeah. follow that it's so easy to follow with like Anna Dune and and the thing is everybody knows everyone in the dog world yeah. don't they? You know, it's not hard to find out um so I kind of think you know follow have a have a little look at what what has been produced um yeah. yes you might like you could repeat a litter and like the first litter could be incredible and the second litter might not even want to work so you never know by even repeating a litter what that it's going to be the same but Mm -hmm. I would just go with your obviously if you with the agility lines you kind of know you've seen what the dogs are doing before so you've got a little bit more of an idea Um, yeah and that's I guess that when I like say like spaniels I don't want to kind of name spaniel lines but um (laughs) like there's a lot of gun dog breeders so there's a lot of spaniels um and they all come from and it's just the same with border collies they all come from um either a show side or a working yeah. side and with the spaniels are either you know most most of the spaniels and um, <laughs> uh, most of the uh, spaniels we see are in agility there's some show spaniels but we we tend to see the like the working cockers yeah. and springers uh, but they're all from like probably beating backgrounds or um but they're field probably field spaniels first um, yes. so and I always think you like you don't have to always go back to the agility lines as such or the agility breeders you can look at like just look at the pedigrees of the dogs you like and start to follow it um and you will start to then see a stamp of a dog because usually like a male a male will throw um his certain type um, yeah and and if that's the type you like brilliant follow that line um but like follow the line do the research on the health tests you know there's so many people that are breeding with like without health tests at the moment and i kind of think you just need to know like even if you don't plan 100%. to breed, 
you need to know like ask the questions they're charging people are charging loads for puppies right now so i think the least health tests don't cost a lot so there's no reason for not health testing yeah oh 100 i couldn't agree more i mean i'm currently looking into health testing with with um my youngest one rogue and it's just like i say it's it's invaluable because you get so much information from it even like i say for people who don't want to breed from their dog down the line you're still getting lots of information of what you're actually going to get as a pet um yeah and, and, and oh, you go ahead <laughs> sorry sorry i was gonna even say even just like for me it's like my dogs are hip scored and elbow scored but even if i don't plan to breed from them they've yeah. all been hip scored and elbow scored and i think one of the main things is i do it because i want to know that what their hips are like and the, what their mm-hmm. elbows are like for doing agility yeah yeah like if they if they've got something or they've maybe not got the greatest hips like it doesn't mean they don't they can't do agility it just need, means you need to be mindful that so that you set a good physio program or yeah. there's no reason like I've got literally the worst hips ever but I can still run <laughs> yeah but I, have, I do like a, a good physio routine and and it keeps me strong enough to be able to run but yeah. you know that it's it's about being mindful of what you've got and like and just making sure then if there is issues that that you're aware of it and it and that's the, the main thing about um agility is being mindful picking things up and acting quickly because that quicker you act um then obviously the the easier things are to resolve yeah yeah 100 percent. and i always think um like knowing beforehand is better than well prevention is better than treatment if you like yeah yeah it's, yeah yeah it's better to be able to prevent anything than have to go through lots of kind of rest and physio and and issues and you end up like I say you end up spending so much money uh, and it, if you'd just known in advance it would have made yeah, life so yeah. much easier and this is what people say to me like like non like non-agility people or even to be perfectly honest some agility people say it is like why do you get your dogs treated so much? Like, why yeah. do you commit them to, like, massage so much? Um, and uh, it's like, my dog, like, my dogs are athletes. If you speak to any athlete, oh, yeah. if you speak to any athlete that is, you know, if you were, like, spoke to Mo Farah, he would have a massage probably, like, three times a week. Oh, what a dream. <laughs> I know, what a dream. <laughs> um, but, you know, and it's like, my dogs go monthly to, mm-hmm. um, to have massage. And it's like people are like oh is it, have they got an issue and I'm like well no I they go to massage because I want to make sure they definitely don't have an issue yeah. I don't want to be training on an issue I want to be making sure they're physically good because and that's the, the other thing to look out for is if they're not physically good we might then get like these weird behavior things they might start then like skipping weaves or not turning yeah. so tight um and I always think that's that's my first rule is like if a behavior in agility changes, I like they normally get the weaves or they always turn tight and they, but then yeah. they start flanking. Rather, like before I even make it a training issue, I'm straight down to Jenny, who's my physio, and I'm like, Beck, <laughs> because there's no point in training your dog to be better if they physically can't be better because they're sore. Yeah, um, and they can't and, tell and, you, can they? Yeah, and, and doing that means if you ignore the fact they're giving you information like i'm going wide because i can't turn because i'm sore yeah and then you go right that's my training thing and you continue to start training on a sore shoulder then it's then it's going to become it like time out so yeah uh, yeah 
Oh, it I, just makes me cringe, like I say, because the dogs, you know, sometimes I think it's our job to be, you know, the expert on our dogs. And if we notice something, we need to pick it up. But if you don't, and when dogs are kind of repetitively trained on something, that's probably a health issue in terms of, like I say, um, skipping weaves, but they're being repetitively trained to do it. The damage it's doing even further. Oh, it just, it's it's so sad to think about for, for the dogs. It's like some dogs will let you know um yeah and some dogs definitely won't um and I've, I've been quite blessed I think maybe um because my dogs see the physio so much I don't think they've ever really been like sore and in pain Fling's been sore once and that was at WAO when she hit the yeah. aluminium wall and she generally Ooh. was like sore but she and she limped obviously she I pulled her from the competition mm-hmm. um but it, I think they're so used to never being sore when they're slightly sore they're like oh my god I'm dying <laughs> uh, and I would love that I love that because I would ra- much rather them show me they're sore yeah because they've never experienced soreness I would much rather them show me that they're sore and be over dramatic because then it means that it's sorted quicker um but you would like you definitely I like have dogs that are so driven that they would work on three legs and if it wasn't for the fact you could see that they had only got three legs that's the only way you'd know Um, (laughs) so yeah I think some dogs work through uh, like adrenaline it's just like us we would yeah if you're really excited about something and we run through pain don't we geez all the time like oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um, I always think I'd probably if if I if I went to a vet's it'd be like god this needs um a lot of work (laughs) I if I was a dog, <laughs> if um, I was a dog, I'd be at no. <laughs> no Fitzpatrick. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's great. That's brilliant. As I say, it's so important to to make sure we're looking out for the health. Um, next question, which is one of my favourite things, and I, I think you might like this one. How do you choose your puppy's name? and their and or their kc names as well <laughs> okay so this is the advantage of having a breeder <laughs> yes and a kc registered dog um so with marvel um how did i like I, my thing with marvel was um i didn't really um have any idea of names yeah. with Marvel at all. Every name I liked, I'm like, mm, nah, that sounds like a verbal <laughs> agility cue. Yeah. Can't be yeah. Um, and equally, because I was a little bit like, um, you know, this is puppies too soon. I can't, I couldn't really just like focus on a name. It just, yes. nothing was, nothing was sitting with me that I really liked. Um, the, <laughs> the litter were like named like the super wilds. So, because um, <laughs> Hero was uh, the dad was called Hero and Wild was the mum so yeah. um, and they were all litter names were reg- uh, named after superheroes um, love a so, good theme <laughs> so, yeah so Marvel was Marvel and uh, my little boy is obsessed with like the Avengers and like, Marvel films so she kind of just stuck with that because <laughs> I was like actually I do quite like it and uh, the little boy he loved like the name Marvel anyway and Aww. that's what do you know what we're just going to stick with Marvel um, so that was her name and her KC name was uh, Mandy said um, it has to include a number and I was like oh, oh. oh. so she wanted um, the litter names to include a number 
Um, and she is like, when I went to see her, she was perfect in every way. So I'm like, <laughs> the saying of like, oh, she's a 10. So oh, I love that. Pretty much where her name came, her <laughs> name came from. So she's combined away, she's a 10. Um, so cute. <laughs> I think the other, I've, I've got, like, I'll try and be quick. <laughs> so <laughs> Flings, oh, uh, Flings was, um, I got Fling when I was in a relationship or just started a relationship that kind of was a Fling. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> um, so she kind of ended up being called Fling because the relationship started kind of as a Fling but ended up <laughs> be a four-year relationship. Um, so, yeah, and she's... Um, Radhajasa, that's her affix. Yeah. And um, Highland, because she was born in the Highlands, and then Fling, oh. because of the situation at the time. <laughs> um, um, and equally, obviously, her name's Fling. Um, but um, who else has got an apt name? Um, Prime. Yes. So, yeah, Prime was... Um, obviously, he was... Uh, I got him in lockdown. Yeah well not in lockdown just before lockdown um and on route to pick him up it was like really dead because on the roads because nobody oh, knew yeah. what was going on um and all I saw on the journey to collect him and on the way back was Amazon Prime lorries <laughs> I love that That's um, such and, a good and basically um <laughs> my husband uh, is in the forces and he was away um he was away at the time and uh I'd said to him, like, you need to come up with a puppy name. That was the, the terms. I yeah. could have this puppy so long as he <laughs> came up with a name. Um, so um, he had come up with the name um, Boris. He wanted to call him oh. Boris. Obviously, we had Boris Johnson um, oh, yeah. as Prime Minister at the time, <laughs> didn't we? Um, so I was like, oh, Lord. And on the way to pick him up, all I'm seeing is these, like, Amazon Prime lorries. Um <laughs> So, yeah, and uh, so I was thinking, oh, Boris is a prime minister. And oh, I thought, yeah. Ah. I didn't even see that link. Prime, <laughs> prime, um, as prime minister, um, but also as Amazon Prime lorries. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of like, he's, a prime is actually called Boris in the house. Um, is he? <laughs> most of the time, yeah. He responds to Boris. Um, oh. But um, in agility um, and when I'm, when I'm with him, um, he's called he's called Prime, um, yeah. but yeah, he does respond to Boris. Um, so yeah, and then his um, uh, Casey name is Boxridge Prime Time, as in that it was at the time when we got him. It was like the time of we don't know what we're going, what's going yeah. to happen. It's like ev- like everything was up in the air, and then also um, when I was on the way down, um, the, the it's like Amazon Prime and then delivery time and stuff like that. So I thought, yeah, okay, that's so, yeah, they're, they're all usually, um, they're never normally planned. It's usually, <laughs> it's usually what happens on the way and then things that happen like around picking the puppy. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I, and, and, and like I say, you don't, uh, it's weird because when you're going through all the kind of ideas of a name and you kind of go, no, not, maybe not that one. And then it's, did you ever find like, as soon as you hear the right one, it's like, yeah, that's it. Like it just clicks. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was so, I mean, I messaged, um, like I can remember messaging Dave and Sean and I'm like, I just can't, you guys are going to have to help me. I just can't think of a name. <laughs> 
and I can remember like messaging a few close friends as well and they would send me names and I'm like mm. oh yeah I like that and then like five minutes later I'm like mm. yeah <laughs> doing the old <laughs> so, yeah, like I think and but I did think and like for ages like, it was like oh I don't know what I'm gonna call her and then um then I was like the more I used to I kept saying Marvel I was like oh you know like I actually quite like her and then if you yeah. if you're marveling like I just found myself when I went to see her I was like I didn't ever think when I saw the pictures that I would go there and be like oh I really like her yeah um but I just found like found myself like marveled by her I'm just like oh. just looking at her thinking why do I like her like so much why is it um that I really really want her when I'd looked at pictures and not even but as soon as I got there, and so I was like, mm. and then I, and then like, you know, Stephen said to me, you're marveling, Lucy. Um, <laughs> so it, yeah, it, um, it sucks. So um, I think, yeah, I think it, the, the name comes along at the, at the time. And I, I guess I, some, some names I'd planned, um, yeah. like Stig's name I planned because at the time I loved Top Gear. Oh, um, nice. And then hyper was because um uh it was like hyperdrive yeah um, so again related to cars but um yeah i think it i kind of wanted to keep the car theme going but then i got fling and i'm like mm, we'll end that car theme <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> sometimes it's i always think i'd love to be one of those people who has like a like a fluid theme with all of my dogs but I think you always end up just naming them for the individual they are yeah yeah. Feel the same. yeah 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 we all go through <laughs> different phases don't we oh 100 <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was quite proud with one of my names I stuck with it for years but I say one of my names it was one I had in my mind for years and I was like god forbid if anyone uses this name I think I will actually cry <laughs> and that was Friday um, oh. and I'd always kind of had it planned out from when I was in school there was um I was talking about like unusual names and I've always like I think agility influences a lot but you always kind of lean towards unusual kind of dog yeah. names when you do agility and um my friends at school were like oh you'd call a dog Friday because it was Friday and I was like oh do you know what that's a really good name <laughs> and it just stuck with me and that was like I think I was in like year 10 at school and then I got Friday like four years later or something four or five years later and I ended up finally been able to use it because I always envisioned it for a black and white border collie and he was I mean he's partly there he's yeah, half he's the size but he's <laughs> the right color and he's half of it I mean you're exactly the way there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I think sometimes it depends on like you said you, you know you had stig picked out um but I, I always think naming a puppy is one of the most fun parts I think yeah, yeah, I mean having the puppy is obviously really fun <laughs> I think but... as well like for me it's like my dogs have so many names anyway, other oh, yeah. than their n- normal name, that it's like, even if I dislike the normal name, like, they, get, they, get, they all know their, like, their random, like, 10 pet names as well anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, um, ours are a little bit like that. So Friday was Fry, then Fry, fr- as in, like, st- so it was Fry, then um, Stephen Fry, and then it's a little bit like, <laughs> um steve fries it just evolves doesn't it it's yeah. so funny how they evolve <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so um I, I could talk about names all day but we'll be here forever um 
the next question, which is quite a good one, actually, and probably something that's going to help me out quite a bit, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, when are they supposed to know their cues properly? So as in, I'm presuming verbal or um, like physical, um, such as turning commands, backsides. Um, I imagine this is more leaning towards like an older puppy. So maybe one that's just started putting small sequences together and things. Um, as I say, this is probably going to help me out with Rogue. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if you've got any ideas on that one. Um, uh, so I would just say when you've been consistent enough, yeah. Um, so like there's no, uh, there's no magic answer. I mean, if there was, I would charge a fortune for it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we wouldn't hear it right now if it was. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I would be a millionaire if I had that answer. Um, (laughs) So it's literally consistency. Like consistency is so 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 important. It's just like we said about foundations, like foundations are only as good as you make them and it's just like in a house if you put crap foundations down and you employ somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and they just like like bodge through the job you're going to get cracks and you're and then you're going to get like inconsistencies and all that all that sort of thing is just going to pop out it might look sexy at the time but it's only going to last a short time Um, so yeah foundations are important like we said earlier and your consistency is important and we always like say at the like, especially like new handlers. You want to get mm. you start competing. You want to start competing, and then you're like you rush your dog walk if you're doing. Oh yeah. Walk, or and then you have to come back to it. Like just don't rush it. There's no yeah. need to get out at 18 months. There's no even if they're an older dog, you don't need to you don't need to be out. Like no. you're, you're the only person that knows that it's a competition. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I think um, you know, and equally like dogs, like dogs don't care. No. <laughs> if you're happy and you're rewarding them, they're they're happy. Um, so yeah. I think like just consistency will you will get that. And again, it's that whole journey thing. Some dogs, you like, I could I like Prime is definitely not like pushy. Like he mm-hmm. would if I told him if I like corrected him for something in the ring, I wouldn't think he would do some. He he's not that sort of dog that would be like, oh, I got away with it last time, so I'll do it again. Like. Yeah, I would like correct him once, and I would be shocked if he would do it again. Yeah, like, but he that he's just a nice person. Like he yeah. always wants to be right. But Aww. for example, Fling, oh lord, she's a whole other ball game. <laughs> like I could, her big thing would be she would always push the seesaw, and it yeah. would always she knows like she knows when it's a champ final or when she thinks she can get away with it. So her last <laughs> year of competing, I threw pretty much every run trying to push her and push her and push her so that I could hold her seesaw so that when we went and did our last international run, she I knew that she would stop rather than fly it. Yeah. But I spent my whole year training seesaw <laughs> runs and throwing my agility runs because I wanted to do that one international event where I knew she would stop <laughs> at seesaw. So it just depends on your dog. But, you know, some dogs are angels, like Prime's an angel, Fling is the devil. she um so just you've you've got to be consistent and sometimes you have you know sometimes you get you get let off where where you have you know the plans where you you can be a he will allow you to be inconsistent a few times and still try and be good yeah whereas to some dogs you have to be consistent 100 percent um so i think try and make sure you're consistent try and make sure we're not all perfect so like we are going to make mistakes yeah. Um, but try and be consistent. Try and make sure you that you reinforce enough 
try and make sure that like everywhere you go you keep the same criteria and it doesn't matter like I know when like we go to different trainers that you may be you've never trained with before and they say one thing and then you, you suddenly change it and that's fine to yeah. try new things I think definitely you've got to try and find what works for you but I think my rule is you can try and find what works for you but don't let it cover something yeah like, don't let it just don't like plaster over like like filler over the hole if it yeah. needs to be like have like proper cement and the whole groundwork's put in um, yeah. just, so just be mindful of that so like they will know it when we've been consistent enough and that's and I think that's the answer is like each dog's different time wise but it's up to they'll only know it when we've been consistent enough in our delivery of our training yeah 100% I couldn't agree more like I said you you do get the really honest types like like for example Prime um who will you know go okay I, I guess this is what I normally do but I'll I'll try and do yeah. it next time um and then you get your your flings and like a bit like Darcy was very very similar my Darcy yeah. uh, who were like stuff that I'm doing my own thing yeah <laughs> you said round but there was a tunnel here yeah <laughs> and I your hand was a tunnel all right yeah yeah your hand was ever so slightly pointing towards that tunnel so I'm going to take that and ignore everything else <laughs> um brilliant so um next question I don't know how much time you've got um <laughs> but I'll try and make it quick um but I thought this was a really good question so is have you got any tips for building drive and focus in different and potentially more challenging environments and what would you do uh, if or when things go wrong so um, I think we kind of said on podcast one was yeah. like about finding what your dog's favorite reward is. So they're only going to be mo- motivated by um, like certain things. Some dogs might be motivated by whatever you put in front of them, which is what yeah. we bring for. Realistically, yeah. <laughs> that's not every dog. Um, so like whatever they're motivated by. So if they're motivated by food, use the food. If they're motivated by toys, use toys. I don't care what they're motivated, what you use, as long as that, that motivates them. Um, they've got to have enough desire to want to get that thing you're trying to use. Yes. Um, um, so, and then, for example, if it's driving motivation in competition, then mm-hmm. um, when things go wrong, it, like like look what we've tried to create have we just tried to create a really motivated and driven dog and like for example we've like we've been really working hard on getting them to drive and we've been doing like um fast straight lines and then they deliver fast straight lines but then we're like oh no like now they've got too much forward focus it's like that balance of drive and training so I think if it's then um onto like if you're saying like onto like maybe a puppy um on like restraints and keeping the drive and focus onto a toy or a handler it's again about you know going back to the environment is what what why is it making it go wrong so i would always if things start to go wrong so for example say i did a puppy class with um marvel and she was in a restraint and I wanted her to drive straight out to a toy. And for some reason, she wasn't really like driving to the toy. Yeah. And she wasn't really focusing on the toy. There's like, I would just pop her away and then I would just look at like reevaluate the situation. Like, was she 
not drive she wasn't driving to the toy so then I can get her back out and we can say right okay we we might you try the same toy again but do shorter restraints yes um if she still doesn't focus then we can just like I would bend my first thing would be bend down on the floor because I play play with all my puppies on the floor or with me sat on the floor first so if she doesn't focus on playing with a toy with me sat on the floor then there's obviously something environmentally stressful for her yeah um so then check out environment is it that she's worried by the noise is she worried about the dogs in the crates probably being a bit noisy um see i would then like to see if she would just do a restraint of me without my toys because sometimes like for example with her like she's obsessed by people uh, I think probably a little bit too obsessed. I think it actually might be um, something we need to work on is she wants to say hello to everybody. Um, yeah. So if I knew if she didn't want to get a toy right now, so um, if I ran off and called her, uh, tapped my hands on the floor, she would like insanely drive to me because she'd want to jump all over me and kiss me. Um, yeah. <laughs> if she didn't want to do that, um, I, I mean, hopefully I would know by that point what was stressing her out. But if she didn't even want to do that, then I would probably I would probably pick her up, um, like cuddle, give her a little bit of a cuddle and try and observe what she's doing. Yeah, um, I think the driving motivation when it goes wrong, you just need to pick up, evaluate the situation and then break it down and then work out what's what it is, which has made it go wrong. If it is environmental Um but then it's the other thing is like if you have too much drive and the dog is like so driven, it needs to do like to actually. Uh, and I think people are like always shocked when I say that a dog is a little bit too motivated. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think um, that we try like we want them to be like still sensible and keep a brain. And I think sometimes yeah. we send them so over the edge um, that they then struggle to keep like a rational brain yeah um so i think that that's the thing is you you don't dogs are usually gonna get faster with with confidence (laughs) um dogs are usually gonna get faster with confidence as well so like yeah we don't they don't need i think we're all obsessed with watching videos and again this is a whole social media thing yes Um, yeah we're obsessed with watching videos and watching dogs be like super fast and we're like yeah so fast but yet the yeah. people who have dogs and they put on videos and they're like not super fast they kind of like people are like like mm, that dog's not that fast mm. but it's like i can remember certain people putting videos of their dogs on as puppies and i was like that's a really nice dog and they were like and like, other people were like mm. yeah but it's not that fast and i was and like yeah it's very talented it knows where yeah it knows where it, you can see from the, the, the video it knows where its limbs are it's turning well but people just want speed straight away yeah but yeah. then like lo and behold at like four years old that dog's just gone agility champion oh 100%. And that's slow. <laughs> exactly yeah you know and-, it, and i think that's the thing is we all get we all get obsessed with wanting like super super fast speed and if it's not got super super fast speed straight away it's like there's something wrong but actually, yeah. like, and especially males, like, ma- not there's not very many males that come out and they are, like, bang, bang, bang. I'm, like, super yeah. fast. A 100%. Lot of them, you just take some time to mature 
And then yeah. all of a sudden you see this dog and you're like, wow, that wasn't the dog I saw six months yeah. ago. And it's almost like, you know, like in the space of half a year, the dog is completely different in behaviour. But it, all it took was just a little bit of maturity and a little bit of confidence. But also is the fact he knows his job. Um, yeah. And I think the more you spend time building like consistency the more confident they get and then confidence grows and grows and grows and grows um but you rush your foundations and then your confidence will go down because you're they're consistently getting it wrong so I think it's we we all boil down to the same thing just foundations and not rushing them being consistent and all of that will help your like your drive and motivation because the dog has more clarity in what it's doing or being asked to do yeah 100 as as you say it's it's so easy to kind of feel maybe even a bit kind of disappointed if you like in you know when you first start teaching stuff if your dog's not at that speed because you're comparing obviously to other people but like you say some dogs just don't you know they until they actually understand the behavior they're not going to give you um the full 100 percent um and yeah. I, like like i said um I, like, I was a bit like that with rain in competition it's still not his like competition speed now being a male whereas um and obviously confidence as well I think spaniels uh, from speaking to a lot of spaniel owners and relatives of rain um a lot of them have said even just like even the females on in the lines um take that little bit longer just to get the confidence that shows and then you get their full speed that's it I think like knowing conf- like knowing your line as well makes a difference yeah. because like I, I picked Prime, I knew that the boys take a while to mature in that line, but they were physically what I wanted. And, yeah. and I'm never in a rush anyway, so that didn't bother me. But then, you know, like one of my students um, got a puppy uh, from from a similar breeding, but from a yeah. different breeder. And um, she was like, oh, he's slow, he's not motivated. And I'm like, no, 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 this dog will be completely like, absolutely utterly amazing but you can like I know like and it's easy and I can't I understand the frustration when because it's like I could just stand there and say to people don't worry you know just give him time and he'll be fine yeah because like like I could say that to anyone and you know oh yeah but, like it's you know like I can tell like I've trained and watched dogs moving and learning for, for years you know when a dog's got an issue and when it when a and like a issue where it could be a, an actual issue or yeah. where whether the dog's just just processing slowly and it can process slowly but like for me like I would much rather do my dog as a puppy move slower yeah. and put more and and collect a little bit more think about where it's put placing its feet think about its movement yeah. Because if it understands the movement, it's going to be doing the the movements better. So it's physically working itself better. So then when it adds the speed, the move the speed's gonna get quicker, faster because yeah. it already knows where its limbs are. It knows how and it understands how a jumping good. So like my biggest thing with training turns is a lot of dogs try and take off too soon for a wing wrap yeah because it's physically easier to do that and yeah taking off further along into the jump is physically harder 
if they've not trained it or conditioned for it. So therefore, you're going to get these dogs who do take off further away from the wing. One, either because it's not trained, but two, because it's not conditioned. So it's physically harder for the dogs. So, so of course, they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the dogs that go slower usually end up actually putting in an extra stride. So they're conditioning them themselves to start to take off in a better place. <laughs> so then when they add speed, hopefully that, that usually then stays and actually it results in that slower dog actually getting a better and faster turn than the faster dog all round. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously that's not like, oh, like set in stone for every dog, but usually, and now we're starting to see this, my student's dog, he's, the student's dog is now like, he's really starting to push now and really starting yeah. to open up and I'm like, oh, hang on, are you behind him? <laughs> like, oh hang on did he beat you there <laughs> oh hang on he wasn't too slow there um so yeah and it's like like i knew it would come mm-hmm. but it's always hard when it's your own dog because oh yeah like oh they're not i don't feel like they're putting much effort in but then this is why i said like this social media is such a wonderful thing but also such an awful thing God, because yeah. <laughs> we just forget about our own dogs and just focus on everybody else's and i think um I just always think like video your dogs because like it does make a massive difference I mean even if it's just like just for your own reference you don't need to put it on Facebook if you think it was rubbish don't put it on Facebook but just save it for yourself because or just make a mental note I think there like a couple of people um have like wrote training diaries and I always think they're really good because and like the, the the good thing about sharing things on Facebook is like Facebook memories because you're like yes Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I was whinging about that a year ago, and I'm like, and that was such a big thing at the time. But now I'm like, was that even a thing? <laughs> like, you forget how much of a big deal you made out of something, yeah. um, and now it seems like it was just like nothing. But at the time, it was like the end of the world. Um, 100%. <laughs> so yeah, I think any, even if you share things on Facebook, you can share it so you can only see it. So you don't even need to put it publicly. Oh but yeah, Facebook will still remind you. That you That's a very good tip. So, I, do you know, I so forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think just just share stuff. Or even if you set a group up for, between, like, you and your friends and you just share yeah. stuff on there. Just remembering, like, just to hold on to your own journey. Remember your mm-hmm. own journey. Keep with your own journey. You can enjoy other people's and you can share and cheer with other people. That's absolutely fine. Just remember, like, just don't lose sight of, like, of your own goals and what your you know and and that's a problem maybe another thing like goal setting like what is your goal Mm. with your puppy like I could say right now like I want like Marvel to be a world champion wow I can see it it. (laughs) but like there's I want and then there's equally that would be brilliant like it would be amazing but how many people are world champion like Mm -hmm. it is fucking incredible sorry (laughs) no it's okay if you you get that but there's like so many other goals that you need to make up to get to that point so it's like set your set your goals and make them like achievable and realistic and i mean like talking even like even when you're puppy training like make sure you're like right okay I i want to go to my first like so say my got like what a goal with figure would be I want to go to my first training session and I want her 
to be able to stay controlled in her crate and not lose her mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that might like just be my first goal. And everything yeah. else is a bonus. And I think sometimes we we aim so, so high straight away. Yeah. That we never allow ourselves to be successful. Yeah. And then 100%. you're like constantly in this, oh, but I've not achieved this. But I've not achieved this. Like, yeah. Let yourself be successful as a team because otherwise you're going to put your team down straight away. 100%. And you've got to believe, if you don't believe in your dog, who else is going to? Exactly. Yeah, you've got to back yourself. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's such a lovely message to finish the last question on. Um, And I can't believe how quickly that's flown by. Um, For me, I I looked down at the time, I was like, oh my God, already. Um, (laughs) We've been speaking for that long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You'll you'll be needing a drink and a a break soon. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, is there anything you want to kind of add as a final note or... I think I think we covered loads because we've done two we did, parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I think there's anything that's not been covered. <laughs> um, I think. Um, <laughs> this is that's Marvel protesting. <laughs> <laughs> she says no. Play with me instead. <laughs> play with me. How dare you still be on the phone? So um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think just enjoy your puppies. Like we yeah. never, and I think this is like there's so many so many of my friends or like people yeah. and. enjoy your puppies yes um so many people have lost dogs really young recently and you never know how much time you've got it's like oh god and I think for me it's like I I I feel like blessed and lucky that I've never I've never had to lose I've never been through that experience of losing Mm -hmm. a dog young I've always been able uh, uh, touch wood um and but you you never know like you never yeah. know what's around the corner you never know what's going to happen we all focus so much on like like putting out like focusing on other journey other people's yeah. journeys like enjoy enjoy your puppy like if you're not enjoying it your puppy's not going to be enjoying it definitely um, I saw a post on Facebook by um somebody and I'm not going to try and attempt to say a name because I, I always say it and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm always saying it wrong um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah um so um basically she said um you know your dogs your dogs don't like choose to do agility you've got to sell them this oh yeah like you've got to like you've got to sell it like it's the most amazing thing in the world now you some dogs love I love doing it and yeah it's brilliant but you've got to make it you've got to sell it and yeah but you the thing is with selling things you're only going to sell something if you really really love it yourself like yeah if you're really into it you are gonna passionately sell it like you're gonna like sing it sing about it you're gonna dance about it and that like that's gonna reflect on the puppy like just enjoy like have a ball have a game like it should be fun I love that I love that. And like, I, I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, you've got to be a really good salesman if you want a really good agility dog at the end of the day, yeah. if you want a dog yeah, that you, loves it. Yeah, I think <laughs> you can't fake, you can't fake one. Um, no. Yeah, well, you could, you could, but it'd be like so emotionally draining. Oh, um, yeah. And I think, like, we only want to... <laughs> <laughs> you only want to be doing something like you're enjoying. Like, I don't want my dog to be coming back from training sessions and being like and being flat I like I don't want to like this is the way I think about it is if if you're you're coming back and you're miserable 
mm-hmm. or your dog's miserable like that every time you're in that situation you're ruining your own relationship uh, yeah everything you've you know you've put up as a puppy into creating this amazing relationship I just like it can it can be ruined so easily so like I think like I get like everyone like always says like I'm really obsessed with my puppies I'm like I'm obsessed with all my dogs all the way through through their lives now like yeah. I adore them all um and because they all I I feel like I have a really good relationship with all of my dogs um and I think that that is really really important because like, you know them inside and out you know exactly when things like aren't right you know exactly yeah. when they're worried you know exactly all them little things and it helps build your relationship if you know your best friend you know like they can say don't come round but you know that means come round yeah like it they could tell you something but even if they're telling you did a different thing you know the answer without even even having to ask the question and i, I think it's about building that relationship so it's so strong that like yeah. even when we do have crap days when we're a little bit emotional or we're just a little bit sad like or I don't know like we're just feeling really nervous they can also then pick us up and I yes think, yeah I think it's just in, just enjoy your puppy like they they never chose to do agility we chose to do it with them so enjoy enjoy it sell it enjoy it like like just love your game like it needs to be a game it needs to be fun it needs to be enjoyable if it's not enjoyable why isn't it enjoyable and then and and take it back to being enjoyable 100 i think that's such a good message to finish on because as you say it's it's about the you know the reason we get into agility is because one we love our dogs and two we love the sport so if you combine that together it's it's going to be so much better overall because there's no point doing something if if you're not giving it 100 percent. i think oh amazing but yeah um I, I can't thank you enough for all your expertise and um, answering those questions for us. I can't believe we had to do two parts. <laughs> there was just so many questions. I think um, at least I think it's cool for people. It's cool that you're doing this because I think a lot of us have super long journeys. Um, I'm traveling so yeah. much um, and I listened to your Martin one. And oh. it, it, it definitely helps. Um, it definitely helps journeys and equally it gives you time um to listen and even if you're not listening um because you've got a puppy it's just like there's certain things that you might pick up or you might think oh yeah oh, actually, that might help a friend so I think I think it's um <laughs> this puppy <is> <laughs> um, I think it's um yeah I think it's cool that you're doing them it's really good to have a, a like an agility one um about because I know we have a few abroad but they're not um it's nice that that people can have something to relate to in the UK. So yeah. Thank you for taking your time oh. as well. I'm oh, putting no, them on. So thank you very much um, for that as well. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'm the same as you uh, when you do doing long journeys. And I think a lot of us in agility definitely do long journeys with shows and training and and obviously for yourself, for your jobs and stuff. So it's nice to have something to listen to and, and kind of keep the motivation going. I always find I feel really motivated after I've listened to one. Um, so, yeah. Oh, lovely. Um, 
we'll definitely have to have you back on at some point if you ever have a, any more time for us um because i think there's so much we can talk about especially when it comes to um agility um yeah. but yeah thank you thank you again for um all your time and expertise and i don't know if you want to do a final message about ready to run or do you want me to um leave that one there no um just the same as before really so yeah um, yeah like um you can find obviously all my information on uh, ready to run agility.com and um like any contact information is on there and i do uh do online training um but it's always specific and i hate that word because i always say (laughs) (laughs) for uh for the dog i don't have any like um like course modules um however that um is coming in the future very exciting Uh, yeah it's not on there at the moment but yeah keep an eye out on there and i will have something exciting um coming to the ready to run website in january hopefully oh we'll definitely keep an eye out for that and we'll have to um shout that out when it does come out in january i'm looking forward to hearing what it is (laughs) cool hopefully it's not nothing nothing training related but obviously dog related Um, oh lovely (laughs) uh, but yeah i'm sure uh they are something that i've loved um for a long time so um yeah they will be joining uh the ready to run website soon amazing oh i can't wait to see it um take care thank you ever so much for as i say joining us and i'll um i'll catch up with you soon at a show or something i'm I'm sure (laughs) cool thank you very much lovely thank you bye